Welcome to the Organized Success Podcast, brought to you by LiveBinders. In this episode, Linda Hool and I invite LiveBinders curator Joy Kerr to dive into the topic of race and discuss ways to actively combat racism. With everything that's happened over the summer, I believe it's more important than ever to have conversations like the ones we had today. And Joy's Binder is a great resource that can help you navigate ways in which you can start these conversations with the people in your life. With all that in mind, please enjoy this interview with LiveBinder's curator, author, and educator, Joy Kerr. So, Joy, we usually have um, everyone, you know, introduce themselves. Where are you from? What are you doing, you know, with yourself this summer? All of that good stuff. Um, I am going to start my 26th year of teaching, which is crazy. Um, Right now I'm in Arlington Heights, Illinois, at a suburban school. It's middle school, ELA, seventh graders I have, and I miss them dearly. Um, we haven't been doing much. We have been taking care of ourselves. We've been social distancing and wearing the masks. And mom finally got her hug after a hundred days of it. I said, that's it. We'll hug mom and dad. <laughs> and then, um, we're staying in, you know, we do, we might have a camping trip scheduled for the end of July with my niece and nephew. We'll see if that goes through. Yeah. I, I've got one scheduled in the middle of August with my nieces, nephews and children and oh my gosh yeah we'll see right now it's reading and watching and listening and trying to handle all all the things that are coming at us right now yeah a lot is coming at us <laughs> really interesting times right you on your um twitter page you mentioned yourself as a speaker and author mm-hmm. yes i have two books now i have um shift this is my baby and shift this was written because of what Genius Hour has done for our class, how it's changed a lot of what I do in class in ELA. And then Word Shift came out because I think that was just a frustration book. (laughs) I was frustrated with what people were saying. And I said, you can't, I don't think you should be able to tell people that, you know, I don't think you should be saying that. Try this, try this, try this. So that was just a, it's a small one. And it's just about try these words instead of these other words. Um, yeah, and I always forget about the books because it's been, it was 2019 was Word Shift and 2017 was Shift This and I, everything else that's going on just overshadows them and I just keep forgetting about them and that's okay because they're not that important right now, you know? Well, in some ways they're they're relevant, right? Word Shift is really interesting. Word Shift, yeah. That um, has a lot of points in it that I was like, I'm just going to throw this in. Who knows if someone will read it, but I, I need to get get it off my chest. Maybe that's something we come back to. Um, because I didn't know about that, those books. So let's come back to those. Okay. And the genius hour too is really, really interesting. Um, we can make connections to what's going on now, right? It's about hearing the student's voice and what they're interested in. That really helped out and made to get engagement back with my kids. We went into, we did some heartbreak mapping and we said, okay, now what are you going to do about it? And that was really neat to see, oh, I do have some control over my life. You know, they'd come to Zoom meetings just so discouraged and their faces were just all down. And I'm like, oh, you guys, come on. There are things you can do. You know, you're not Mm -hmm. stuck. You can do certain things. So that was Genius Hour did help us out that last quarter there. Well, I think those are great topics. Let's let's come back to those if we don't come back in this conversation. (laughs) 
So um, I, wa I want to give my initial reaction to when I first saw your anti-racist binder, which was um, startling at the title. Uh -huh. And uh, I, but what really honed in for me was you prefaced it with your husband's reaction. Mm. And I don't remember where I saw that because I went looking for that reaction. Can you refresh me? It must have been in a tweet. And I it saw must it have too, been, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> and it must have been in a blog post where you shared his reaction to the binder, similar to, to what's going on with the podcast today. Do you, can you refresh my memory on that? He worries. He worries for me. He worries for how I will be judged or looked at and how it will affect how I go from here. And he is 20 years older than me. So he grew up in a different time, you mm -hmm. know, and in Detroit too. And so this to him is new. He knows that when I get something under my skin, I need to run with it. <laughs> you know, when I went to live binders for that genius hour live binder, I just, you know, I went nuts with it. And he knows that when something drives me, I will drive it until I can't anymore. So, um, he, but do you remember what he said that. about what his reaction to the binder was? Because I, I resonated with that. that reaction. I don't remember and that as that was a couple of years ago when I started it, but I just started it for myself at first, you know, it was just so I could collect. I sometimes think of my live binder when they start as, as a box and I'm just going to put everything in there for me. And then when it's time to start sifting through it, okay, what belongs where? And then what am I going to do with it? Am I just going to keep it in the box or am I going to share it out? So I had it, it was personal then, you know, it was private. No one was seeing it. And um, he's like, well, just be careful. And I'm like, be careful of what? <laughs> you know, but I know that that word racism throws a lot of people into a tizzy. But the more we learn about it, the less scary it is to talk about. I think that's true. I think the more conversations you have, it's not a taboo subject anymore. And I think that's, you know, you mentioned language. I've, you know, I've been reading a lot of the resources that you've shared. You know, language is really important. You know, wordsmithing, you know, uh, word switching wordsmithing, right? All these things that I've been seeing. Um, so we're not used to that word being a conversation piece. So right. I, I'm hoping to be a part of that conversation right. in a public manner. Mm -hmm. So that was my um, initial reaction was that I was really, your voice was really powerful. I wish I could find it and I couldn't find it again in your binder. So that was my other thing. I mean, I, I was looking at your binder. There's so many powerful resources and you say, you know, this is my perspective. This is why I'm doing it. But you don't have your voice in there. It is in your blog, <laughs> which, which is, you are such a great blog writer. Um, I yeah. love how you're, you're coming out more. I mean, obviously this wasn't in the beginning, but you, I, I, I want to encourage you to keep doing your writing. Your voice is so powerful because it's not scripted. It's, it's the everyday and it's the conversations we have in our head. Right. Yeah. All of us do. And you can I mean, tell it from your heart. You can I, everything you write. I needed this boost today because I haven't been writing and today I was going to write about hope because today I'm, I'm finally feeling a flicker of hope, 
you know, as to where to go from here. And I feel like my blog posts had been too negative and too like, oh, now this is happening. Now this is happening. And I was journaling for a bit through the COVID. And I said, that's it. I can't do this every day. <laughs> so, yeah. So today I'm going to write about hope. So that's a good push for me because, yeah, it is a journal. It's a journal and some the ones I tweet out or share publicly are the ones I'm proud of. And I think other people could get something out of the ones I just write and just keep in there. In the blog post. Thoughts and my reflections. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a great, you have a great style. I wouldn't change it one bit. Um, the only thing I would say is put it in your binder. Um, <laughs> that, because um, we want to, we want to relate to this very difficult word. Yes. And uh, when, when I read your blog post, I really understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's an everyday thing. Being, being actively anti-racist is an everyday thing. Uh, it's like yeah. a cultural shift. And so we need examples of that. You know, the struggles, the questions, the, yeah. you know, the, you know, the answers one day may not be the same answers tomorrow. And it's nice to see that, you know, someone who's writing about it and posting about it so vehemently um, actually has feelings and emotions like I do. And, you know, we don't know that until you write them down. And it's really great. So right. that, that's my reaction to that. And I encourage you to keep that up. All right. <laughs> I, did too. I did. I did. I feel like I shut up on my blog because I felt like I needed to amplify others' voices now, you know, and I need to listen more. So but I'll keep it up when there's something I feel like would be a connection. Yeah. I think, I think you do that naturally really well. Like, um, you know, if somebody says something really powerful, you just can't help it. You're, you're going to share that, but then your thoughts and, you know, your poetic way of saying, you know, like the reaction to, you know, you're ready to go back in the classroom and COVID-19. I really enjoyed that post. Yeah. I'll share my screen in a minute and highlight those, but, um, I know Linda has uh, as a response to your binder as well because we both looked it over and what did you think, Linda? Yeah, for me it was just uh, the relevance of something you started two years ago, and then the depth. And obviously, you're continuing to add to it because I went back and looked at it this morning and went, I think there's more here, you know. Um, I don't know where you grab all this content from, but it's, as my, you know, my terminology days, days, awesome. Um, and there's so much, you don't even know where to start. And I'm curious to know how you decided to tab everything and how you decide what goes under one tab as opposed to other, because so much could all go under one tab. Right. And how to divide. But I think the thing that also got me is the I've seen since I retired how many more materials and books that are available for students so that you have a color, you know, the color across the rainbow, but more African-American materials. And that wasn't there even 10 years ago because I tried to add those to the library. You can't find them. Right. So I'm glad your book lists are marvelous, I think. And I, if nothing else, librarians and teachers should be seen and accessing those. Yeah, those just keep growing and growing. And I'm trying to take the list now. Thank goodness for those base tabs. <laughs> I know what you mean. Right. Um, I just reorganized the children's literature one 
the other day and I'm like, I have to now separate these into picture books that are fiction, picture books that are nonfiction, you know, middle grade fiction. I'm like, Oh no. And the lists upon lists that are being shared by teachers on Twitter. It was amazing. So I put the list down at the bottom and then when I knock off a list, I'll take that tab off. But I'm trying to pull from those lists and put it in as separate books. And then I think, well, maybe I should keep the original. Here's a list for this type of book there. So some of them I'll probably keep, but I'm trying to get them all in there so people can see there are myriad books and there's no excuse for you not to read them, you know, with your students. I love that the, the way that you have organized makes it really easy for someone who's going to say, you know, I'm a listener, I'm a reader, right? Mm-hmm. I, I got to talk to the kids. I've got middle school students. I mean, everything here. I just want to, I want to know what I need to do. You organized it really, really clearly. Um, and obviously you're scrolling down here. You, I mean, the titles are going to engage you and you go exactly to where you want to go. Good. I did move my why to the very end. You did. And, and I love this, my why, and we got to figure out, I mean, we can see through the titles what your why is. I just still, and, you know, tell me if I'm overstepping my boundaries, but I do think your voice should be in here somewhere, at least maybe in next to this image, do a two framer, put your blog post in there or the one that speaks to your why. Are you um, talking about my blogs, the, the blog that's the, um, the passion Pur- purpose product yeah. one? You know, tell me the, tell, tell us the difference between your, I know you've got my own genius hour here, but you also relay, you know, I think you introduced your anti-racist binder. I did. Yeah. On this blog post. So tell us the difference between these two. So that one that you're on right now, that's one I don't share often. That's one that is for me, for my projects in my life. So when I want a student to see, oh yeah, I have genius hour projects too. I'll pull up one of those and their name. Genius Hour 1 through 8, I think. And I did one for our last thing in May that I did with the kids. I did the, I wrote cards for the seniors because I felt so sorry for them. So that was one there. So this one has, you know, that Genius Hour 7, that Black Lives Matter one, that was the biggest one because that's what I'm doing the most work on. Say that again. Where am I? Am I in the right place? Go back to that other one you were just on. Okay. Yeah. So see on the right where it has the different. Oh, right here. Right. So being the change is my seventh genius hour project on this blog. Okay. Being the change was a book that I read by Sarah Ahmed. And that's what started this blog. That that's what started me blogging about it because I thought I need to share what's going on with my kids and what I do to try and combat racism. Okay. Right. So that's where I put my book reviews for those and where I see all my whiteness. There's whiteness all over where I live. (laughs) Right, fragility. So if you were to put one of your blog posts in there that explains your why or you're addressing that why, would it be here or would it be in your Genius Hour post? It might be at the bottom of the one you're on now. It might be the oldest post from Being the Change. You have to keep going back down. So this is not it? Okay. So older posts. posts. Okay. Well, this could go on. There it is, I think. This is it. Right, I think that's my first one. Yeah. Oh, well, because I... oh, that Jody Picoult book was so good too, and it had to deal with a a black nurse and a a white man and his baby, and it was just so powerful. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this actually happens in life. Oh wow. <laughs> you no. Know? So that that great book, title. Yeah. 
that pushed me to write on this blog for that one. Then that's when I decide, okay, I've got a new project. I have to work on this now. <laughs> okay. Let's see. You, you mentioned it. Maybe this is it. I don't know. Maybe this is it. So, so this could be, if you just clicked on that, this is the URL that could be in that next to the, my why. All right. I'll put it in there. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to, to be encouraging. I, I think you have a wonderful voice. I think it's very powerful. And, uh, you know, if you don't want me to say it, I won't say it. But, uh, <laughs> all right. I feel like there's so many other more powerful voices than mine. But, uh, but look at what you just posted, you know, small, great things. Yeah. You influence. Um, I just saw a post, in fact, um, maybe today or the other day, you were t po posting about something, going back to school, what are university kids doing? And you were saying, my middle school kids, okay, how many years ago were they your middle school kids who are now in college? Um, Five, six, yeah. Yeah. So how many of them have you influenced, right? You have a, a big grasp and, and then those students go on and influence their classmates, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. huge. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's another reason for publishing this, not keeping it private, right? Is that if you can get to one other person, think of how many people that person can get to. Yes. Um, you got to me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, related it to another binder. I'll just pop it up real quick. The bully binder. I don't know if you remember this. This is back in 2012, but this changed my thinking too, um, that bullying involves three different role players. And the bystander was really powerful to me. And especially this summer with everything that went on with, you know, the murder of George Floyd, which is, you know, bystanders, just by witnessing an event, you become you have a choice. You have to be either you're siding with the victim, you're siding with the bully and silence puts you on the side of the bully. Yeah. Um, that's what I took away. And I never forgot that. And so, you know, your, your binder had the same impact on me, you know, and, you know, these are teachers in a classroom, just, you know, making, getting it out there. So right. don't, don't feel like you're not making, I mean, everybody is, there is so much information. You're right. There is so much information, but we all need a curator uh, yeah, I do to like guide us. I do and, love your live binders. <laughs> curating, curating is part of me. I've done it for so many years. When I retired, I couldn't stop, mm -hmm. you know, and to curate and get the conversation going beyond just educators who knows might be on Twitter that will come across one of your tweets or who might be just investigating live binders because they heard about it. So it's opening the conversation and getting content curated content out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when they, when they're sharing a wakelet, wakelet resources, I can't look at wakelet resources because then I have to go one by one. You know, they're not organized for me. I can't look at a blog post with a bunch of different resources in it. I need to separate those out into where do they fit for me? And You're so, a little bit of a librarian. Right. A little bit. I did work at the library for, for when I was 16 to 26. I worked at the Schaumburg Library, Linda. <laughs> I can just tell because everything's alphabetized and organized. Yes, it's alphabetized. Otherwise, I'm the former catalogger, so it's a given. 
<laughs> and I used to love big, huge binders, you know, oh, look at all this information here. And you look through the different tabs and oh, this is over there. And yes, I love the way I, yes, but I am going to change it up still as it, as it morphs, you know, you know, I'm going to change it up into, okay, this doesn't fit here. Now I need to move this here or add another tab. And that's the reality, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, you can have one resource in one tab and, and copy it and make it in another tab. You know, what's, we did a podcast on UDL and, you know, what you've done with this, with your binders in general is you've made it accessible for, you know, whatever anybody's perspective is, you know, it may be one day, you know, I've got time to listen, you know, I want a good podcast. They're going to go straight. You made it easy for them to find it. Good. You know, um, I read a blog post that someone said, you know, reading really gets into your head. It makes a difference. Um, so yeah. Okay. I got to spend some time and where's a good place to start reading. So, you know, you kind of, do that really well here. And I, I encourage you to keep that up because you don't know, right. People don't want to be, that's the thing. It's, it's such, um, it's such a narrow topic that's so, but yet it's like the tip of the iceberg. So you don't know where to begin, but I, I have a perspective. Somebody else has a perspective and they need to start from their perspective and right. doing this non-linearly helps, helps a lot for that subject matter, which, you know, I think it did for your, for your genius hour binder. I mean, that binder has over a million views no on our side. So no let's see what we can do to, to get your anti-racism binder up there as you well. Know, I've, I've been looking at the numbers for it. <laughs> yeah. I look at the numbers for my town. I look at the numbers for my parents' town and where my sister lives and then um, where our grandkids are. And I look at the numbers for the world and, and I, I type them in every day. I go to that darn website and I type in the Corona numbers and, but mm. to make me feel better. Right. I type, in, I type in the number of views for the anti-racist life finder <laughs> because I really don't know who's looking at it. I have no idea how many people right. so I'm like, you know what? Every morning I'm just going to type that number in and it just makes me feel better when I see there were 50 more than yesterday. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. And I think that's okay. beautiful. Yes. That gives me hope too. It's like when somebody um, emails me or fills out my form and says, I have a suggestion for you and I'm going, somebody's looking, you know, yes. and yes. that makes me feel better. <laughs> Yes. So let's talk. I mean, I kind of hinted at the blog post and a little bit about how you started there. Do you have anything that I haven't addressed? I mean, I really want you to talk about how you started this binder, why you started this binder. You kind of mentioned it a little bit, but I want to give you more of an opportunity to speak to this binder. Well, it really was first to just keep it, keep things there for myself, you know, so that when I start talking to people about it, they'll say, well, what do you mean? And I'll say, well, did you hear about this boy? You know, I mean, he was six years old and he was taken to the police instead of just taken to the office or talked to, he was taken to the police. So the police came and got him. And, and I just did it for me just because I'm defensive that way. You know? yeah. <laughs> when I believe in something, I have to have my why so that when people balk at me about it, I can say, well, this is why. So I did start with that. Um, and then I started recognizing my own white privilege and I really started seeing it everywhere. And it was amazing to me that I hadn't seen it before, that I hadn't thought, oh, what if I'm the only white person in a room? You know, and there are plenty of times when there is only one black person in the room. Mm. And, I, and I have never lived that life. And so my audience changed too, just like with all my live binders. I started for personal reference. And then once I felt it was less personal and can be used by someone, that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to click that button and make it public. But that didn't mean I was going to share it. 
know? Yeah, yeah. Make, okay, other people can see it. Um, I had to get over the fact that to me, it's not a political stance and making it public because I feel like you're caring for people. It's not, you know, are you this side or that side? It's about caring for people and their stories. And once I got over that, I was able to share it with others. And then once George Floyd was murdered, I thought I need more on here to do. So I needed that to do tab for people to start doing something instead of just reading or instead of just listening to others. Okay, what do you do now? We need help with what to do. And so I just started collecting on that. And instead of just creating awareness, there are tabs in there that are just for awareness. Now we have some action items. You know, what do you go from here? I did hear the word um, woke is used too much now. So they're throwing that one out. Someone's throwing okay. it out. Mm-hmm. But it's but I did hear that once you're awake, you don't just stay in bed. You know, you do. Yeah, something. you get you out get of bed. Right. So that was my next step to, okay, what's next? But then, yeah. of course, I have too many things on there. So, well, too many for me to read and put on there. So I had to put them on without reading them all. So now my day-to-day mm. is if I add something, I have to make sure I'm also using something on there. So today I listened to, or I watched the difficult conversations. What is it? Uncomfortable conversations with a black man. I watched those five episodes and tomorrow I'm, I put on this today, I put on a podcast called silence is not an option. And so I want to listen to that tomorrow. There are short episodes and there are only five so far. So I want to catch up with those. So I make sure that when I'm putting something on, I'm doing something on there as well because I do want to keep up with it and stay true to, okay, it is important to do it, not just to collect, but to actually do it. So I've got books going on. I've got, you know, everything is centered around this right now. And I am fortunate that I can take a break from it because I am white. And so sometimes I do have to take care of myself and put it aside for a day, but then I'm right back at it because I'm, part of it. I'm part of the problem and the solution. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm going with it now. That's how it developed. It was just crazy. <laughs> well, I'm glad that, um, you know, you, you had said that you want to, it's getting even more than you can handle. Um, mm-hmm. and that you have stepped back and said, I'm going to, I'm going to vet these a little bit more, not only because, you know, you're a voice for us, you're the curator, but also, it's part of, it's part of being anti-racist, right? It's like you, it's part of the learning. So, um, and I think that's a nice thing. Uh, I'm just going to add that again. I think that's a nice thing to add to this binder uh, is that that's, this is what this binder represents is that you are, could even be in that little description there that when you look at this binder, this is, this is me. This is this, I've gone through these. I've, you know, because this is part of my process my journey, oh, my journey. Yeah. And, yeah. um, you know, anybody who's starting cold Turkey because somebody referenced you from another reference, from another reference, you know, you, they've got your blueprint to start from. And that's a wonderful yeah. thing. Good. That's Good. my feedback on that. Good. You know, you said something that was really interesting that, um, I kind of want to have our conversation lead to, you know, there's, there's the political, there's the uncomfortable, of the of the wording um there's the white privilege that you don't even realize but you know being anti 
racist bottom line is caring for people, right? Isn't it, isn't it really being respectful? Mm -hmm. Isn't it really being, um, practicing UDL, practicing, um, decency, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what happened to our culture that we let that go? Right. The one chapter in how to be an anti-racist by Dr. Ibram Kendi, it's, he goes into, it's not just about black and white, you know, it's about every race. It's about genders. It's about religion. It's, you don't clump people into one group altogether. You have to see people as individuals and you don't say, well, all of these people are this way and all of this is this way. No. And that's been a huge push with my parents. My parents and I have had some really difficult conversations. Um, and it's the they. I keep hearing, well, they say this, they say this. And I say, okay, stop. Who's they? Well, the Democrats. I'm like, okay, which ones? Right? Yeah, because, right. Because it's not all of them. I know this. And so that to me has been what anti means. It's not clumping people into one group. And that was part of my word shift book too, actually, because we talked about, oh, I've heard teachers say, and I've probably said it myself, the high kids, the struggling kids, they're not all, they're not all feeling the same thing. They're not all doing the same thing. We can't clump them together like that. Right. Um, I brought, I put, I found, you know, I was listening to people, um, uh, I can't pronounce her name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she talked about using the word race and racism. And uh, I was like, well, race is a scientific term, but then maybe not. So I went and looked it up and uh, <laughs> this got splashed into my face. And uh-huh. it's right. It's a social construct. Yes. Um, but so- I got in trouble one time on Twitter for saying race is made up. Um, because they're like, no, it's a social construct. Someone did make it, and now people believe it. So we have to look at it as if it is a real thing because we're acting as if it's a real thing. Even though it was supposedly scientific, it has changed. Yeah, so um, it makes me think about all the forms you fill out and being forced to be identified by race. Right. Um, Really interesting stuff. So I wanted to put this up there just um, for anyone, you know, we're going to do a video of this as well, but it's, it's um, key terms for race and racism. Um, it defines what race is, ethnicity, racism. If you know, you probably never like me, never looked up the word race in the dictionary. Um, right. If you do, you will be surprised. And I think that, um, alone should kind of tell you that a lot of this is um, what, you know, when they're talking about it's embedded in our system, the system is cultural. And so when it is cultural, it means it can be persuaded. It can be changed. And, and I have a lot of responses to that. I don't want to, to hog uh, my thought process on it, but I do want to go through some of these things because um, what I want to come away with here is, you know, not, not that this is overwhelming and it's a huge burden, but that maybe we can discover a way to make this an inclusive experience 
right somehow and that's what i kind of want to go through with you and i know you're thinking the same thing and also the fact that it is cultural though means it's deep it's so deeply embedded yes that's hard too that's very hard because it's it's what you grew up when it's coded into your dna and that's the struggle i think that makes it very uncomfortable because um you know well you can't deny my race right uh, until you realize that it's a construct so let me um go through these links here this one i I think you brought this up on your Mm -hmm. uh, twitter page uh, like fighting an addiction yeah this was really um a good way to describe what i think a lot of people who are trying to embrace embrace the anti-racist um mindset is that it is it is an everyday struggle it's not a one-time thing Uh, i think this was kind of captured it and i think this point here discomfort it's this is what people are battling with right is this discomfort i've got to talk about it well it's revealing something that's i don't even know uh is in there you know i'm battling right now because i know probably some of what i've said today already is wrong yeah. Right? And, and it I'm probably not- is. Let's, yeah. let's all apologize right now um, <laughs> and reflect on what we're saying, but we're but trying, but say that at again. At the same Linda. time, we're all lifelong learners and we're yeah. learning what I've learned since I left Lombard when I went off to college and what I know now, we're always in a learning process. Yes. And so you, you sometimes have to think and forgive yourself and then go on to learn because you've done something and said something. Right. And when someone calls us out on it, say thank you. Right. <laughs> and we need to hear more of those. I've seen a, a great number of those up there. I, I know somebody did a, a post, which was really nice, saying, you know, I, it may have been Meghan Markle, that any conversation is a good conversation. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to have the conversation. It, it may be awkward. It may be, you know, inappropriate. Um, it may be wrong. It, it actually it's never wrong it's just it's got to happen right um and so that's what we're we're doing today but i do think um i i feel like let's let's address what's what's uncomfortable so i kind of done, did this padlet for us um i think the one thing that we can agree on is there's this uncomfortableness that anyone that you're approaching the conversation with is is going to feel and we can narrow down what it is that makes those things uncomfortable and then there's the other side of that which is you know uncomfortable makes you feel isolated and attacked inclusiveness i mean i really maybe there's a better word you tell me i just pick that word but inclusive means everybody's opinions viewpoints is welcome Mm -hmm. and then where do we go from there we may never do this Padlet, but I just thought it would be good to have handy. Um, so uh, I, I saw this tweet here, uh-huh. agitate, agitate, agitate. I welcomed it because it means, yeah, it's going to be a struggle. It means I can say what I need to say. I need to speak up. I need to not be the, the silent bystander. At the same time, it gives voice to the opposition as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're saying, well, it's, in, it's an inconvenient everything was fine beforehand, you know, it becomes, it becomes fuel for combativeness from both sides. And that's, that's draining for everyone, right? This is where the fire starts dwindling to ashes because you can't sustain that forever. 
This is my reaction to it. Um, This may not be true or what. I mean, I'm the kind of person that does speak up and and will speak up. So, but, you know, I want to see, I want to be inclusive. That's what I want to be. So um, then I saw this post here. (laughs) Imagine if your arm was broken and you kept on telling people over and over again that your arm was broken. Their response, all your other limbs are fine. They matter too. Um, it is time to care about the broken arm. That really did an interesting shift for me. And I've seen other people trying to put what is going on with Black Lives Matter um, as opposed to All Lives Matter is that um, I thought this one was a good one because we're the same, we're all the same organ. You know, we're all a living creature that needs each other. And I thought this was probably the best analogy that I'd heard. I heard about the, the burning house, right? Right. Um, <laughs> I don't, I can't quote it because I don't remember it very well, but do you remember it word for word or? No, but there's another one about the sheep that I like, you know, there's, there are a hundred sheep and you go after the one that's lost and they're like, well, what about me? Well, you're not lost. You're still here. It's okay. Right. Yeah. And then there's the one about, well, you know, you're not saying when you go on a walk for cancer, you don't say, well, does that mean that diabetes doesn't matter? Does that mean that ALS doesn't matter? You know, no. Right what we're doing right now right there's so many and these two that you're that i retweeted are from this kalisa i forget her last name now though but she's on my list on twitter i have a twitter list of people i don't want to miss their tweets from kalisa l to teach this one right here okay yeah i don't know what her last name is but she is a new addition to my first list on twitter because i don't want to miss what she says because it seems like everything she says is golden yeah She's, um, she's finding some, yeah, some good resources. I think she's the one that came up with this article as well, Probably. right? That was Lisa Bush. She did a book on teacher wellness. I think she retweeted this though, or tweeted it out and, okay. and you retweeted it. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, maybe not, maybe you found that directly, but yeah, I thought those are two, um, you've got this that is get ready to go, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one that's saying, Hey, wait a minute, we're all in this together. Yeah. Um, your perspective is just as valid as, as my perspectives. Let's just, all I'm saying is my, you know, our perspectives are valid and, you know, we've got a broken arm here that needs to get fixed. And we need to keep that conversation going. If it's uncomfortable, it's, if it agitates you, we still need to keep it going. I mean, yeah. that proves that there's something wrong. If it's broken, doesn't mean you cut it off, right? Right. <laughs> um, it's still part of the system. Right. Um, and have you seen since this COVID, the stay at home started, have you seen how connected everybody is? And we are so connected to each other. All the different workers that we have in this nation are all connected in some way. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that you're saying that you can talk to anyone in the world and they will have COVID-19. To relate to. <laughs> yeah, that too. But no, I'm thinking, you know, when I go to the grocery store, who am I relying on, you know, to keep that store running? Who am I relying on to keep those shelves fill, full? When I go, you know, I'm looking for, I just want my library to open, you know, like that's not a huge deal, but who are those people that weren't at, you know, they're at the library now, they're not there anymore. What's happening to them? What's happening to their lives? It's everything that I want to do or can't do it's affecting someone else in that position. And it's amazing. And, you know, now they're saying, get the kids back at school. Well, that's for the economy. 
I mean, because it's all connected because yeah. everybody's connected. Well, that's a great perspective. I'm glad you iterated that so eloquently. Um, yeah, you don't know what it takes to get your, you know, your vegetable at the grocery store on your plate. Right. And to, you now see, it's, it is interesting. It's like, um, it's like the map was revealed, kind of like the Harry Potter map where it's the, you know, it started emerging, the paths all emerge, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden now you can see the veins connected. Right. And who's involved in this system and process and all the voices, you know, the left, yeah. the right, the up, the down. Yes. Um, it's all being visible and we just have to, it's a new norm. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful and draining at the same time because yeah. it's not a simple black and white solution anymore. We finally realize that things are gray. Right. Um, and um, I wanted to pull this article. I just saw this, which I thought was um, really interesting. The number one security issue is the K through 12 education system, which I think I wanted to just bring back home about how important teachers are. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, in any amount of, uh, change culturally, that's going to happen. It's going to happen in, in that relationship between teacher and student. Yeah. Negative or positive. Negative or positive. Um, so I kind of wanted to bring that up. Uh, I saw this on Instagram. I thought it would be, get comfortable saying, yes, uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you, you for I'm correcting. So yes. So I thought you might, you know, want to find that. Get comfortable saying, one, thanks for correcting me. I didn't realize that. Two, I hadn't thought of it like that. I understand now. Three, I was wrong about that and I've changed my mind. Four, I should do some more research before I argue this point. There's no shame in being wrong, only refusing to learn. Right. Um, I thought that was a really nice. And this is, um, we all need to know. I mean, these are things that, you know, could be learned in the classroom. I'm, I'm kind of, I was kind of thinking today, do we need a special subject? Should social studies, you know, where everyone learns how to be sensitive to, and it's not just, um, you know, the, the blacks and the rights and, you know, the, all the races, it's people who, you know, have disabilities, right? Mm -hmm. Being sensitive to their needs. Um, it's all kinds of re religious, as you mentioned. So. It's being decent human beings that realize that the world isn't centered around them, yes. that we can take the time to ask questions, not uh, assume. Right. You know, what's beautiful about this one that you're showing now is it reminds me, I have a lot of my students follow me on Instagram and I follow them back and they are sharing things like this now. Wonderful. In their stories, you know, the Instagram stories where they go by really fast, but then you can click on it and then go to that post and see what else that that person has to say. And it's, they are really stepping up. That's great. That's mm -hmm. great to see. That's when it's nice that you can see like, you know, all the veins connecting now, all the relationships, it all starts with one small step. Mm -hmm. This was another one that I found. Um, the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. Right. And this is by Alvin Toffler. So this is not a new concept. Right. I love the things coming out of the brain there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is, oh, I just noticed that. Yeah, you're right. And it can be done, right? Right. It's hard. You know, do you remember playing Monopoly? Mm -hmm. You're from the West Coast, right? And I'm from yeah, the Midwest. Yeah. yeah. Um, when we played, what were the railroads? 
Uh, I can't remember. B&O. Remember B&O? Yep. Short line. Pennsylvania. I remember Pennsylvania. And then there was one more. Starts with an R, but I don't want to say it. It's uh, what we do. It's what we, we do. Up, we pick Is up a book. Reading? I always thought it was Reading Railroad. Did and it wasn't? That? It's Reading Railroad. As in R-E-D-D-I-N-G? It's pronounced like that, but it but it's spelled like reading, and it's from Pennsylvania. And I remember having to unlearn that, and it was the hardest thing for me. I'm like, no, it's Reading Railroad. It has always been Reading Railroad. I think I learned it when I was 30-something from a teacher who's from Pennsylvania. She goes, no, it's the Reading Railroad. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was my lesson on unlearning, and I love sharing that with my students. I'm like, what are the four railroads? And I'm like, yeah. no, it's actually Reading Railroad. Yep. And just okay. little things like that, because you're not from there. Right. We have so much to unlearn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I unlearn something constantly. Yes. Coming, I'm from, you know, a generation where so much that's coming out now, it's like frustrating to know that it wasn't in the textbooks. Mm-hmm. And, and still, and that wasn't even discussed about what was left out in the textbook in our education classes. Right. And I was a history major or social studies. Oh, no. And I'm still learning now because now it's being out there and exposed, but it's how it's being presented. Right. So you learn, re- unlearn, relearn. And that's what I, you know, I'm finding more and more, especially because I have the time to stop yeah. and think about it. Yes. Yeah. We've been provided that. That's good. So I, I found this other Stay Woke Teachers. They've come up with really great, um, posts. I don't know if you want to check them out, but uh, I love these titles here. Evolution, Attitude, Learn, Unlearn, Relearn, Being an Anti-Racist Educator, obviously. You know you're uh, going to have to send me all these links, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The Elephant in the Classroom, <laughs> Teacher Bias, The Elephant in the Classroom. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just some really thought-provoking stuff coming out now um, that's not reactionary. It's carefully thought out, planned. Somebody's putting these together in a very careful way. Beautiful. So it's great to see. It's only going to get better, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I, I read their website, Black Lives Matter. Uh-huh. And I love this organization and, and what they're doing and the power of vote, voting. Right. Um, at the local election. Yes, at the local election. That's really important. So let's go back to, you know, your binder and, you know, talk about what you want to do. How do you want to use your binder? Um, you know, after you kind of mentioned after the Black Lives Matter movement and, and with George Floyd's murder, you kind of went back and started filling in the gaps for this binder. But is there more that you would like to do? What haven't we addressed here? I don't know. I have a hard time with, you know, I was feeling really down and out when no one was sharing the binder when I was sharing it and sharing it and sharing it. Cause I felt like as soon as George Floyd was murdered, I felt like it was my responsibility to share what I had curated, you know, and I thought, okay, other people need to see this too. But I was so down about teachers that I knew had been vocal on Twitter about school. Just, they just stopped tweeting mm. and they didn't, 
they didn't like the things I was putting out. They didn't retweet anything. And I felt like I was on an island for a bit. And then I thought, you know, because then I keep, I kept hearing, well, silence means you are complicit. Silence means you agree. And I'm like, well, not all the time, you know, because people are, pro they might be worried about sharing it. You know, I know I was. And so I have to go back to where I was at my starting point. I was worried about sharing it and talking about it and getting uncomfortable with it. And maybe these people that I think are not saying anything, maybe they're doing things. You know, maybe they're doing things and they're not sharing what they're doing because they're just doing them because we're supposed to, right? right. They're not sharing them because they don't want the credit for it. They just want to do it. So I got over that, which was good because I was just so upset. I'm like, nobody is sharing this fabulous resource I have out here. Right. I'm right. so mad. So then I'm just keeping up that pinned tweet of, you know, okay, if you're not sharing it, here's something you can do if you'd like to. And so I stopped being mad at people for not liking it or not retweeting it because I know that people see things like you brought up things at the beginning of this. I was like, really? I said that? I didn't, I don't remember that. And so people are seeing what you're doing, whether you know it or not. And you have to remember that too. You know, yeah. everybody. I know my superintendent's looking, my, my principal's looking, and, and I'm very aware that I have an audience where I have to be particular about what I say and share. Yeah. My yeah. next step with this is to not go crazy and sharing it again and again like I want to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, but, but maybe to pull things from it and say, did you see this? It's on I the like Life Finder. I like that. Did you see this? It's on the Life Finder. Did you see I that? I like that. Well, no, because no. of your tweet about, so you want to talk about race, mm -hmm. it is now on my hoopla list. Okay, and yeah. And so you excited. have reached people, but I have the opportunity to tell you, but a lot of people may not. Right. You know. And I don't want the accolades. I just want to know that yeah. they're, they're yeah. seeing it. You know, I just want to know that it's making some sort of an impact. Yeah. And I am so excited you brought up that book because I get to co-lead a book study with it, with my my um teachers at my district yay <laughs> we have just under 50 people that are going to start reading it on monday so that's a good thing and those are going to be tough conversations because they're people i oh, work yeah. with right but they're ones that we have to have and as long as we keep those conversations going and we don't just stop and walk away you know we can take a break but we can't just walk away from it when it's affecting all of our kids so let me um you just said a couple of powerful things um and i just want to highlight them for a second. Um, one is, you know, I don't want to, I want to share my binder over and over again, but I don't want to annoy people because I'm afraid it will create bind, you know, boundaries up walls up. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and there so are other you, voices that need to be heard right now. And you know? there are other voices that could be heard. So you suggested, you know, maybe taking sections out of your binder and posting it and, and typing in a context around it that, mm -hmm someone may say, Oh, I, I got that context. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to saying, here's a binder of 500 resources, <laughs> right? Right. You're saying, let me give you something you can handle today. Yes. Because something happened today that relates to this, or this happened to me. And you, you've made, you're putting it in a context that people can relate to, and it may not be of the, you know, 10,000 or so that follow you you know, you may now, instead of not getting 10,000, you get 2,000 mm -hmm. Tuesday and Wednesday, you get another 3,000 and Thursday it's a thousand, but now you've got 5,000, right? Right. right? So I think that's really powerful. 
just from the, from me realizing, you know, that people take things in context, like they can only digest, our brains really can only digest a certain amount. Right. And on this topic, it's probably going to be what um, happened to me today and how do I relate to that? Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened to joy today? Cause I really get what, what's going on with joy. So, you know, when you involve yourself a little bit, um, people love that. And you can see that on Twitter and Instagram, right? That's yeah. why things really take off. So I definitely think that's a very powerful position that you have there. And then the other one, uh, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. Um, oh, shoot. I've lost it. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, you want to speak very carefully about this. Um, I want to go back to what you said. You said it's a powerful position I'm in. And I feel like all of us, all white people right now are in a very powerful position. We probably always have been, and we need to use it for good. And I, and I am so careful, like you said, I am so careful with what I say. When I post things on Instagram, I know it's my former students seeing it, and I know it's their parents seeing it. And I just want to promote lifelong learning, you know, and keeping the conversation going and making sure we don't just dismiss people and ask questions. Yeah. And so I feel like that type of learning or position that we are in can go far without turning off people. Right. Yeah. You don't have to use the word race when you're asking questions or when you're inquiring more about how the system works or now what, you know? Yeah. So it may be it. That's, this is what I was going to say. Um, going back to that broken arm, um, you know, to say it's a broken arm is uh, maybe that's not detailed enough. Maybe it's because it's a broken arm. Uh, I can't expect us to, you know, um, be able to throw that ball, you know, do you know what I mean? Like if you, what am I trying to say here? And you want it to heal well, right? Yeah. You want so to to the doctor. <laughs> right. So, so it's broken now. So that means we need to have more calcium in our diet, right? Uh, we need this. So breaking it down to, and some of that is happening, but it's not happening in like the bigger picture. Like we need to have better voting. We need to relook at, you know, police, the police system. Like those are the little things that help make that broken arm better. And once that arm is, you know, better, we can throw that, you know, goal. We can hit that goal. We can build that building. We can can't build a building team. with one hand. Right. Right. We can't give hugs with just one arm, you know? Right. Um, well, we so it's just, it's just funny that if we can have a conversation that gets down to the very specifics, if we start at a very specific level, mm-hmm. as opposed to this all encompassing bigger picture, um, maybe that's the start. Uh, so I think your analogy there kind of made me think of that right then yeah. and there, that you're just going to start with small pieces uh, instead of throwing the whole book. Well, one of the questions you had on your outline was, if you had two seconds to engage, where would you go? Mm, yes, in your binder. And, yeah, and I would put in the search, I would put, what's her name? Jane Elliott. And I think she's under... That's so funny. Right she was on my list to bring up as well. Right? Is, is, she a tap, is she a tap name? 
I put her in like five minutes before we started talking. Okay, that's why. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay. I, I had to get ready for today, so I had these all prepped and ready to go for right. a while. And yes. this is 46 seconds, right, of mm -hmm. her with an audience. And it's not her brown-eyed, blue-eyed experiment. It's not her on Oprah. It's just 46 seconds of a gem of what she says to white people. Yeah. Um, is it really 46 seconds? It is. Yeah. Okay, let me see if I can get the sound on here. No. As this society in general treats our citizens, our black citizens, if you as a white person would be happy to receive the same treatment that our black citizens do in this society, please stand. You didn't understand the directions. If you white folks want to be treated the way blacks are in this society, stand. Nobody's standing here. That says very plainly that you know what's happening. You know you don't want it for you. I want to know why you're so willing to accept it or to allow it to happen for others. That right there, that's a big why. Yeah. Um... And it's, it's addressing a question that you would never think about for yourself. Right. Um, because again, it's, in, it's the unlearn, learn, relearn. It's the reading railroad versus the reading railroad. <laughs> uh, right? It's all of those things. It's forgetting that your arm, even though it's broken, doesn't mean you throw it away. Mm -hmm. It means, you, you know, it's a part of you. Yeah. Yeah. And the more I read, the more I listen, the more I learn about myself and what I've come to learn and need to revisit. I was thinking about a classroom example about, you know, how teachers could start uh, empowering this unlearning. Um, and it has a lot to do with UDL, I guess, and being sensitive. But, you know, you know how as kids, we always got asked questions. The teacher would call on us and you'd be petrified. <laughs> and, you know, a teacher would be sensitive and probably, you know, the smart kids would always be the ones that answered the questions because you didn't want to put anybody in an embarrassing situation. But um, what if there wasn't a right answer? Right. What if you asked and really, you know, focused on the students who are always marginalized and just posed it in such a way that it, there was no right answer. It was just an answer. What's your thought process on this? Well, and, and let them know it's okay to have a thought process, you know? And ask more questions and just keep the questions coming. Just we like to have fishbowl discussions in our classroom where we have about five kids in the middle and then everybody else is on the outside and only the kids in the middle can talk and we pose a question that could divide them mm. and they're supposed to come together on some sort of consensus, but there are more often than not, we don't come together on a consensus. And just having those questions posed and the kids sharing their stories of what they know, and it's beautiful. It's great. It's empowering for everyone. I mean, if I were that student, I'd feel so proud. I'd want to come in and participate the next day because I know my voice is valid. Um, I don't have to have the right answer. It is the answer. It is, yeah. It's the answer because mm -hmm. it's my perspective. Um, and maybe that's what we we have to unlearn and relearn when we have conversations with everybody you know yeah. about a difficult topic is is that um we acknowledge their perspective and we hope that it makes things more inclusive that we have more in common than than not right. and we don't keep having those 
there was a great New York Times article a long time ago. They had they put a hundred different people um, all together, and it was from the far right and the far left when they talk about um, politics, and they talked about the issues, and they all shared different stories, and they never got anything accomplished when they met, except to learn each other's stories, and that helped them see the other side, whether they agreed with them or not. They were able to see it better. And that is so important. Yeah. It, it lives in you. Your brain is absorbing it. You can't erase it. Mm -hmm. And it, it becomes so part of this perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and it, and it, because you may have walked away with um, an understanding that both of you got heard, I guess, yes. that you can go back and have another conversation. Right. That helps, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it even takes it into reading. It used to drive me crazy that when you read literature for class, that the interpretation was what the teacher said. And I would always come away with something different. And that goes for this. Everybody brings their own experiences, but you have to understand the other ones and then come to a consensus or accept the fact that maybe you have different interpretations of a story. Mm -hmm. There were some I couldn't relate to no matter what, there was no way I could relate to that piece of literature. Same thing goes with this. We may, may not be able to relate, but we've got to hear it and listen to it and absorb it and consider changing our ways of thought. Yeah. And take it with us uh, for the next conversation we have with someone else or interaction. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Are there anything else that you want this, you know, want, want us to point out in this binder? Well, I think like you said before, you know, some people are listeners, some people are readers. Like I am not a good podcast listener. I'm, I don't take the time because I live really close to work, you know, and I don't, I feel yeah. like that's <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so I, I like how you said, you know, you can go to what fits you. And I would like to know if there are different tabs I should put on there that would fit different people. And I don't know, mm. um, you know, no one's responding to me when I share out the live binders, so they're not going to answer my question. But if you guys could think of one, that would be great. You know, yeah. if there's a different way of putting it out so that they feel more comfortable digging in. Yeah. My first thought was interaction. Some kind of, um, you know, if you do a, a quiz, right? Like there's a quiz with UDL in uh, the UDL binder that we were uh, podcasting about a long time ago. Um, they had a quiz in there that made you, it wasn't, it was a quiz to see, you know, whether you were ready to teach UDL or understood the concept. And it wasn't so much about getting that certificate supposedly. And I did the test um, is about, Oh, what do you, what do I understand? What don't I understand? And I learned from that quiz. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Me too. So yeah. I could see, yeah, you did that as well. I right. could see where that would be really powerful here. Okay. If somebody has done that, um, I'm sure yeah. someone has. You know, I, I resonated with you on the 4th of July and not knowing about Juneteenth until after the fact. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, your post about that. Um, so very... This, this one that you're on now is Chuck Taft. He is a teacher in Wisconsin that I've met. He's so welcoming and open for everybody. And he's been really quiet on his blog. So I was glad he started writing again. He's like, I have to tell you when I tell the kids about the 4th of July. I'm like, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Of course, 
put that one on Facebook because I've been really quiet on Facebook because you can see my family and friends who are sides, you know, I've been really quiet there. And I put that one on Facebook, no likes, none. I was like, okay, that's a winner. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but this is, but I get why people will have a hard time with this because family traditions are based on this. Right. And maybe they read it. But they didn't tell me they read it. I'm like, that's fine. It's there for you when you're ready. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, um, you know, and they, you know, it's interesting because you could say, you know, I celebrate Christmas, but I'm not Christian, right? Right. Um, I celebrate the 4th of July, but I'm not a racist. I don't believe in slavery. So it, it does um, bring up some very interesting conversations because I get yes. that. I mean, this is 200 years of culture. Um, yeah, that we just we just thought of Fourth of July as a family vacation, right? And we didn't yeah. realize that we were actually saying it's okay that you know white supremacy was the main driving force of this whole That's thing because awesome. it was all about profitability, and we figured it out. And mm-hmm. you know, I had read on another post that um, if England had won, ab- uh, slavery would have been abolished because it had already been abolished. 30 years before in, in England. Right. Um, so very interesting stuff. Uh, I can't remember anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to have about, conversations. Yeah. It's very hard to have con- this conversation, but I think it's, you know, we've in, been ingrained that this, that this means something else to us mm-hmm. and uh, we can't, un- it's very hard to unlearn it, but we can unlearn it. And it doesn't mean that we won't have family gatherings anymore. Right. It just means that we're helping the narrative. We're helping the system. And it's rethinking. Yes, sitting and rethinking to yourself of how you have to change and observe and learn. Yeah. And what you've provided here is a huge start to, you know, pick a little here, pick a little there, scan through and and go, okay, I'm going to read that or I'm going to read that and go, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It's all about, it, it's about learning, relearning, and that, you know, one uh, poster, shall we call it, set it all, because I, at any age, I'm relearning, and I'm glad I can. It's, uh, you know what I need? I need from LiveBinders, I need you to find a way that I can check off the things that I've read and done. all the tabs that i've gotten to that i've actually read and listened to i want to be able to check them off for myself you want a task list oh my goodness yeah (laughs) that's going to be a huge one well you could maybe color those you know you have different colors and everybody wondering and (laughs) (laughs) you know what i've done actually and i do i use this for other kind of tasks i usually put done in the tab or um read and maybe you want to do that to say you know i've read or something like that to let people know yeah sometimes on my binders if it's a new entry then i put new yes and so and then other times i call the ones that i'm going to direct to my binders and label it as new right Right. Uh, yeah it's probably easier to um you know what's what's nice is you can use a search tool for that too Yes. Um, yeah. Because then you can search for all the ones that you've read because it says red or something like that, some code word. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And then people um, will probably gravitate to the ones that you've read, interestingly enough, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I have, I feel like I've read 
half of them. I mean, except for the, all the books listed. Yeah. I feel like I have read at least half of the things I put in there because I don't put it in willy nilly. You know, I do look through it first. So then mm. I'm like, oh, this is, and then it takes me on that whole uh, rabbit hole again of looking at the resources in that resource, which is like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, that could be interesting as part of this um, intro table of contents is if you could see all the ones that say red on it and you put a note here that my goal is to, um, you know, accomplish this and I'll, you know, keep, I'll keep a timestamp on here Yikes. Um, of what you've read and what you haven't read and the and time even, it took you. And even on the books for the kids as to what is available in your school library, what's available or oh in your goodness. classroom library. Oh my Yeah, goodness. that's true. And it's more personal again too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But even for the library, because, uh, no, and or even the town library, of course, how many different libraries your students would be affected. Right. And um, then I also want to add on, because um, it's not just about black, right? It's about able-bodied or disabled yeah. people. Yeah. It's yeah. about LGBTQ community. So I want to add under the books at least. Yeah. Or I agree with that. Yeah. I think it's a reminder that it's more than just that. And, um, you know, I was writing down notes and I wrote down, you know, disabled, uh, talking about language. The moment that I wrote down disabled, mm -hmm. what's the opposite of disabled? Right. Able-bodied? Able-bodied. I mean, and who is that? And right. that totally made me realize my privilege with that. Like, I have to label the disabled, right? Right. We never and talk now, about labeling yeah. the able body. So right. that's another way to think about it, which I thought was really interesting. And, and um, what's the accepted word right now? I often say physically or mentally challenged, you know, and I gravitate to many of the binders that uh, deal with uh, deaf and hard of hearing because we had that in our school. Mm -hmm. And I've learned how much I still have to learn there. But right. um, yeah, it's, it's a whole realm of things. I wish that um, when we had like newspapers or blog posts or whatnot, that we would say so-and-so, a white, able-bodied, straight Christian man, you know? Yeah, <laughs> right. We only label it when it's not the quote-unquote norm. So maybe we need to start labeling ourselves. Right. And then we'll know who we are. Right. Um, do you know what I mean? Like we keep struggling with trying to say these labels for the, these, and there's so many of them, right? So um, and that's probably what's overwhelming. No doubt. There was a privilege chart I saw in some of my training, my anti-racist training, and it said that privilege is given first to male, then white, European mm -hmm. heritage, heterosexual, able-bodied, credentialed. I don't know what that means, but I think it's, you know, how much education Here it is. Right. We wanted to talk to you about this. I'm so glad you brought it up. That is one of my most learned things this past month. What I've really learned from that is amazing. Like seriously. <laughs> Can you please um, explain this? Because I did not understand how to read so this. Everybody above the line is privileged in some way. Okay. And when you're below the line, it's less privileged. So and is I, this the more, is this left and right have any weight or is it equal weight um, here? I don't know about okay. that. Okay. That I don't know. But I do know, like, if you're talking about, like, um, one of Biden's people that he wanted to pick for running mate was Tammy, Tammy Duckworth, right? And she's in Illinois. And 
the first thing I noticed when they were describing her, she is, um, is it paraplegic? Yeah. And I'm like, seriously, you have to throw that in there? Yeah. You know? like, right. Why do you, uh, right. She's or a like woman. a woman, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And she, she said she was a woman of color. To me, she presents as white. This is something I didn't know. I'm like, okay, so now we've labeled her with these things. Exactly. And it's going to change people's minds about her because of our biases and it was just amazing like if we could just label everybody all the time then we'd see how many white straight men there are doing this and this and this and this yeah it's implicit (laughs) instead of explicit and it should go both ways it should but yeah we found this this chart very interesting yeah and i did me hard (laughs) yeah it's all on the bottom there and I have a girlfriend who said, um, you know, I was reading this thing about, you know, if you're a, a black woman at a bar, you won't get waited on fast or as fast as, you know, a white man at a bar or something like that. And she goes, well, that happens when you're unattractive too. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yep. It's just, there's so many, so many ways we. I think our brains our- are just simple structures that we take in visual information and we have to make quick decisions and and that's why we have to not be we have to be social we have to train ourselves not to be that way because we can and to to see the similarities instead of the differences yeah or in addition to the difference to rise above that yeah notice what's happening in your brain exactly So um, let me give you back the platform again. Is there more that you want us to highlight on your binder? Um, I think, you know, to, to, I think sharing bits and pieces of it is probably the right thing to do. And I think we can do that for you on our Twitter page as well, or, or retweet what you, you want to post and kind of follow your lead to get it out there. Um, and it just depends on where people are coming from. You know, if they want a book, they go to the to read. If they want just quick things, they jump around. It's just, yeah, it is, it is a behemoth again, but I just can't stop adding when I see some great stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then it I mean, doesn't go missing. It can be found somewhere. That's right. The whole thing. That's what curation is about to get the content out there. Right. It's been really good though. Like I was worried that no one was sharing it. No one was, you know, but I'm seeing the views go up every day and that is very helpful to me. And um, also no one has, well, knock on wood, because now it might happen later, depending on what I say, but no one has really retaliated against it. No one has said, you know, this is wrong. There was one I tweeted out about the diverse text and someone said, someone was mad that we got rid of all the classics, but I looked at that person's tweets and she's mad about everything. So I'm like, okay that's nothing big you know yeah and I feel so I do feel like I'm in a little bubble like a protective bubble of sorts where people aren't there's no backlash yet you yeah. know and I and I love that because well first I don't like to get hurt you know and then right. second is second is they're being careful too which is nice I was thinking that even if people don't respond there's a darn good chance they've read it yeah. So if you put something out there, they may have read it and not responding because they're afraid of what they get back from, but you reached them in some way. Yeah. And that's how I'm I'm looking at it these days. I feel like I have either turned people off or turned them away, but there are other people who are silently just absorbing. Right. And that's how I learned about it too at first. You know, I silently absorbed 
And I thought, what does this mean to me? And so, yeah, we all have to find our place. And I'm, and I'm liking that position now. It's okay. I'm feeling okay with it, you know? Yeah. Right. And it's like with me, I got feedback on my library curriculum with heavy emphasis on research. I got it 10 years later from some former student that I ran into, or I got a response from a parent who said something about their kids in high school. So sometimes, you know, it may come back from your students themselves or from a parent years after they've left. Right, right. So you're, yeah. you're and even if it somebody. doesn't, you know, if it makes a difference, like if you, it's the ripple, you know, if yes, you hit the somebody. Ripple and, effect. Yeah, you know, and you can't, you can't track that anyway. So I've gotten really comfortable with that and I like it. Would it be too much for me to ask, like, how did you come to be a sensitive person to this topic? Uh, given that, you know, you mentioned in your blog post that, you know, you're from, a, you know, you've got family members who are definitely on the other side of this fence. Would you speak to this or, you know, I don't have to include this at all. I think it's, I think it's, in that first blog post on that passion purpose thing, I'm going to look there. That book, that being the change was a huge book for me, um, for the classroom. I'm like, Oh, I need to tell the kids this and this and this and this from that book. And then when I read that Jody Picoult book, I guess I was upset because things are happening now that I thought were happening, you know, Mm. in the 1800s and that, that hit me hard. And then what was it she said? Do I have something in here? Um, yeah, people want to talk about themselves. And I need to get my kids to talk more about themselves. I need to get them to share their stories so that they can see that we're, we are similar. You know, you do have the seventh graders that can be really mean to each other. Mm-hmm. And they don't, I don't know if they don't know what they're saying or not, but once you have them look at their words again. And then you have that other person who they were mean to share a story. It makes a huge difference to make those personal connections. Mm. And that's where I started it. And then I just started, someone said something about white and how it's all over. And I just started looking and just my eyes were like, wait a minute, look at this store I go to, look at this store I go to, look at these cars that surround me, look at the billboards I see, look at the Golf Channel, look at the, the, you know, the, the Motor Trend Channel just recently I've noticed. It's, it's all white. Mm-hmm. It's all white. We are surrounded and we are pummeled like this is the norm. And I'm amazed that, that I have lived in the norm and how boring. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I want to know other people's stories. I want to know what makes them them and what, what they bring to their family table to eat, you know, and what, what stories they share at their dinners. And I just want to know more about people. So having that perspective, it seems like it's so obvious to embrace it. So what is the reason for the resistance? Well, I don't know. It's, it's, there's something that's got to click in, in people who are resistant. There's something that's got to click at their heart or what they've grown up with that they can attach to that and say, oh my gosh, you know, this is going to change. Something needs to happen. Yeah. Something needs to click that says, oh, wait a minute. Um, I thought I was doing, you know, my mom and I, we've had really tough conversations and I thought I did something with her one time. She's like, oh, oh, in fact, she watched the movie 13th. 
and I haven't seen it yet because we don't have Netflix. I guess I'm in the in the dark ages. But no, me too. That's that controversial <laughs> one about suicide, right? Oh no, no, it's the Black Lives Matter one, isn't it? I don't know, but she said, she said, you know what, Joy? At the end of it, and I feel like she must be living in some cloud or something. At the end of it, they said, they said, yes, all lives matter, but all lives can't matter until Black lives matter. And that got to her. And I'm mm. like, oh, where have you been? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the broken arm on the body. Yeah, exactly. Right? And this, she's like, well, that was the last line, and that was a good last line. And I'm like, okay, well, that got to you. That's, that's good great. To know. Yeah. And so maybe it's just that people are in their own worlds and they're not seeing, you know, I know we see different things. I know when I Google something and you Google something, we're going to see different results based on what mm -hmm. we've already seen. They're tailoring so much stuff to us these right. days everywhere we go. So we're stuck in this bubble of people that think like me. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to break out of that bubble too. Like, I don't need more confirmation bias. I need people to tell me, but wait, look at this. Yeah. We sit back and think about just talking to your friends how your own lives and your your experiences growing up are so obviously different. That goes for anybody. You know, we need to learn more to understand where everybody's coming from and why Black Lives Matter. Yeah, we need to and hear And why anti-racism personal stories yeah yeah and i have learned too throughout this covid thing that we all think we're right yeah <laughs> everybody yeah. thinks they're right yep and i'm like yeah i'm i'm there too i still think this is right until someone tells me i'm wrong and what what i'm doing wrong okay then i need to reevaluate but i feel like everybody thinks they're right you don't want to be wrong yeah no, i don't want to be wrong. human nature yeah um and, and it's not no sorry it's not there's yeah, no there's no sorry. sorry. Right, interesting. And that's my automatic thing. Oh, I'm sorry. But yeah. this isn't sorry. It's thanks. I hadn't thought. I was wrong. I should do more research. There's no shame. But sorry is that first word that pops out of most people's mouths. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I like, I was wrong about that. That is one of the biggest things that I try to do with students but oh, how you hate to say I was wrong, mm -hmm. you know. And so this is this is excellent. I love it when I tell my students, please tell me when I have something wrong on the board or wherever. You know, I need to know because I'm human and I make mistakes. Yeah. And they're like, oh, but if we told so and so, this other teacher, I'm like, well, tell them anyway. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe and they'll then learn it, something. I love when kids will share stuff. Right. To me, that means they're learning when they look at it, and it's something new you've got. So they in the end have learned or you can say oh, that doesn't work so well but uh, I saw you had lots of notes anything that I didn't allow you to cover on today's talk shall we meet again you don't um, have to I answer now add, I want to add sections for books for all races because I know like I'm not just reading books with black characters I'm also reading books with every type of character and I want to put them in somewhere okay um, great I think I'll never run out of information to add that's a good thing Right? Yeah. You know what might be interesting too is you could say, look, I haven't had time to read this. This is highly recommended. But if somebody can read it and give me their, you know, feedback, uh, mm -hmm. I will add that to this, to this binder. Right. You right. Know, invite them to critique and say, hey, this is not really something you should put in here. Right. Or, maybe and tell me that. why. Mm -hmm. Maybe there should be a form in the front. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to send me all those links that you shared too. 
Yeah, I will. I will. I have them ready for you to use. So, okay. So do you see how you've gotten at least two people really involved and activated <laughs> in your binder? I hope this wasn't overwhelming to you. No, but... it's great. And I haven't heard from you guys online much. So that's good too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. even join Twitter until after I retired because right. I was always afraid of putting my voice out there. And because uh, I live in the community I work, I'm like two, you know, three blocks, four blocks from work. Yes. I was. So uh, um, I'm still learning my way on Twitter, even though, you know, I've been on there for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. It's always great to interact with you. You come up with great stuff. So I'm, I'm happy that you came on about this binder. Thanks for the two of you. It's good to see you. 